Amen. What a blessing it is to once again uh, be able to assemble ourselves together and looking forward to another great uh, service here tonight. What a blessing it is to be able to come anytime we get together with God's people and to be around those that you know have, have the very same beliefs, serve the very same God, have the same Savior, have the very same Holy Spirit dwelling within us. It's just a, a blessing to be able to assemble with God's people and have the fellowship that God wants us to have. And uh, doing things a little bit different uh, tonight. I don't know when the last time I spoke without a tie on. So this is very, feels a little bit strange to me tonight. Uh, But I look out there and I feel right at home. Amen. (laughs) A lot of strange things taking place. We preached on that last night. (laughs) But uh, it's a blessing to be here and appreciate your pastor and his family. They have just been such an encouragement and a blessing to us. Uh, We've been all over New York today. And again, uh, yesterday is the first time I've ever been on a subway, and now I feel like I could uh, maybe get, a, get around on my own. I don't know. It, I probably would not. I, I think I could, but I'd probably get lost, but it's always good to have uh, your pastor there that I can look to and follow him wherever he's leading us around the city, but I uh, was able to see some, uh, some very uh, um, uh, inspiring sights. When we looked at the Statue of Liberty and realized just uh, what she stands for, and uh, of course then we went to Ground Zero and we was able to see that, and uh, some uh, experiences uh, that we will never forget, and uh, just helped us to to just uh, uh, see what's, uh, of course we've seen all this on the television, news stations, and everything else, pictures, but to be here, uh, this is just a special place. Uh, New York City is a special place in America. And uh, you have the blessing of living here. And you have the blessing of being used by the Lord here. I don't know that there's another city in the United States of America that needs the light of the gospel as much as what New York City needs it. And uh, this is the mission field right here, no doubt about it. Uh, All the world has come here. (laughs) And you have the opportunity uh, to live here and to serve an almighty creator God right here. And uh, tonight, I think the message that God has me to preach tonight is one that will encourage you along those lines. Now, I believe that when we come into church, uh, when you're in a good church like this, you're allowing yourself to be influenced by truth. Every song that you sing, listen to the truth. When you're singing those gospel songs, there's a powerful message in that song that you're singing and whether you realize it or not, it's impacting your mind. It's, it's, it's getting a message across to your mind. Now, when you realize it and you receive that, you're going to get more out of it. And so when you sing those uh, songs together, those, those hymns of the faith, uh, get into Listen to what you're singing and be blessed by that because that truth is what God wants you to be exposed to that will strengthen you in your faith and your walk with the Lord. When you hear special music sung, Uh, in a church like this, Uh, you know that that message is going to have a truth, a biblical truth to inspire you, to help you, to draw you closer to the Lord. And then the most important thing, something that you're not going to get anywhere else but in a church like this, is good Bible preaching. And uh, we have the word that God has preserved for us, and he wants us to be influenced by it. And there's nothing like the preaching of the word of God. God has ordained it, God has used it, He has empowered it, and when you come under the preaching of the Word of God, something happens 
that you'll not find anywhere else. God's Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit, and he'll speak to you as you have need to be spoken to. If you're open to that, it'll make an impact on your life. Every service, you'll, you'll be impacted by that service and that message because you know it's a message not coming just from the preacher. He's just an instrument that God's using. It's a message coming from God. And I believe that as I prayed about and, and uh, your pastor asked me to come to be here with you this week, uh, I believe that God had me to come and, and I was praying uh, for some time now about the messages that I would present and uh, realizing that you, I, I have nothing to offer you of myself, but God has everything for you. And I believe that God has some uh, truth for us uh, in every one of the services. And this service tonight, I'm going to try uh, to be as brief as possible because I know that we've just filled our bellies and you're ready for a nap. <laughs> and if I'm not careful, you'll try to take the nap while I'm preaching. All right? And so I think if we both do our part, we'll get what God has for us through this service. Uh, I tell our people all the time, especially Wednesday night, because midweek services, uh, you've already been out, you've had a hard day working, and I said, half the battle's getting to church. You've, you've got that victory, praise the Lord. You've got half the battle, you're in the services, the other half of the battle is staying awake to receive what God has for you, <laughs> okay? And so let's plug into the service tonight, let's receive what God has for us. I'll do my part and try to be as brief as possible, but I want to get a, the message that God has for us across, and I trust that you'll do your part. And listen, stay plugged in to what God has for you tonight. If you'll turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 6. Isaiah, chapter 6. We're going to read the first eight verses. And uh, the special tonight by the children uh, was exactly the message that would lead up to what I'm going to preach to you about tonight. Amen. And so those children were used by the Lord to prepare you for the uh, Bible preaching that God has for you. Isaiah chapter 6, if you'll stand with me, we're going to read verse 1 through 8. Stand and get the blood circulating, you know, you can uh, do whatever you have to do to, to kind of lo loosen up, get ready to, to just receive the, the preaching of the Word of God tonight. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died... Isaiah says, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And then, I, then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. <laughs> also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And then said I, Here am I. 
send me. And let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord God, for loving us. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us the privilege and the opportunity to serve an almighty creator God. I trust tonight that we would truly understand what that means. I pray that we would, I pray that we would see that very same vision that you gave to Isaiah. And that it would do the very same thing in us that it did in him. I pray, God, that you'd bless now and work throughout the remainder of this service tonight. Use me once again as an instrument in your hand to bring forth your message to your people from your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Think about where Isaiah is at in his heart and in his mind, his focus on life, what he has to look forward to for the rest of his life, and just where he's at. He's in a, he's in a place that I want to always be. And I trust that he's in a place that you would have a desire to be as well. He's to the place here in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, and he says this from his heart and from every bit of fiber in him. He says, here am I, send me. What a great place to be. I, I trust that you're there tonight. I trust that where you're at in your heart and your mind and in your desire for life and what you're looking to accomplish in life and whatever area of life that you're looking at, that you're looking to God and you're saying to the Almighty God, here am I, send me, use me. Knowing who God is and that God was giving him an opportunity to know him and then to represent him. That's, that's a place that all of us can be today. In this 21st century, we can know God because God has given to us his written word. And we can know the very mind of God. If you know the Bible, you know the mind of a creator God. He's given us some other things we'll look at in just a minute, but this is what's most important. The very thoughts of a God have been written down and preserved so that we might be able to read them, have them with us all the time. Know that it's God because it's written down. It's been preserved. It's withstood the test of time. And I can go to that and I can read it. Whenever I want to hear from God, I can read the word of God. Now, I love the thought that the Bible is a, a love letter from God. And, and most people here have, have received letters from loved ones. Maybe a loved one that's out of the United States or a loved one that's in a different part of the United States or whatever it might have been. And you keep that close to you because whenever you want to hear the voice of that loved one, you get that card out or you get that letter out and you, you read what they have written to you. And when you read that, what do you do? You hear the voice. <laughs> Not audibly, but you hear the voice in your mind and you feel that person's presence because you know it came from them. And you know that it was written to you by them. And when you read those words, it's just, it does something to us. And that's why a lot of times, ladies, you keep those love letters that your husband wrote to you when he was romantic. Before you got married, amen? 
And so you want to remind yourself how he was, you know, before he, before we got married. I trust that he's somewhat still that way. But if he's not, you have those cards to look back to and you give a glimpse of, of how he won your heart over. Amen. But you read that and you know that it's coming from them and it was written to you and it's a personable, personable love letter. And that's exactly what God has the Bible here for us. It's, it's here so that we might have the mind of God. And when you read it, it's like no other book that you read. You realize it was preserved by God, written down by God and by men that God inspired or spoke to to write exactly what he wanted to have written. He spoke to Isaiah and he had Isaiah to write this particular verse here, this particular chapter, so that we might have it written down. And we can identify with Isaiah and what God has for us through Isaiah because the Bible is to all of us. And we read that. We can know what it did to Isaiah and what it could do for us. God reveals a glimpse of who he is to Isaiah. Verses 1 through 4. We will not read it again, but wow. Isaiah... It has a vision of God in heaven in glory. Can I tell you that we can see him as we read the very same thing and we read the Bible, the scriptures that reveal who God is and what God has done in creation. And then we look at the results of what God has done in creation and we think, wow, what a God who created all things, the heaven And the earth hung the stars (laughs) for one purpose. For his glory on earth. His crown of creation. Humanity. Man. God created all things and prepared all things for his crown of creation because he would create man like none other creation. He created man and his likeness is in his image with an eternal soul. He created man to worship him. He created a man to fellowship with him. He created man for his own pleasure. And we see what God created and why... Why he created it for us? What a great appreciation. What a great awe we ought to have when we think of God. He is holy. 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 We can see him in what he has created in the perfect design of nature. Amen? The perfect design of the human body When you stop and really understand, you look at the human body and see how it functions and how God designed it to work. I mean, it's an amazing thing. All of God's God's creation has a design in it and it reveals who he is. We can see God in history. And we have the Old Testament history and what he did in the Old Testament through all the miracles and the signs and the wonders and even in the book of the apostolic age, as we find in the Bible, in the book of Acts, the transitioning period of time between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then we see the life of Christ that ushers in the New Testament church age. 
And we see how Jesus loved the church and gave himself for the church and how that he established this church because he knew what Christianity would need in this church age. And for some 2,000 years, we've had the church. We've had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We've had the completion of the revelation of the Word of God available to us. And in all of that, we can see God. And we can have God in us. <laughs> and we can see the example of, of godliness in the life of Christ. How God would live if he was in a human body. That's Christ. That's Jesus Christ. And that's example for all of us who have trusted him as our Savior. And we have God inside of us. That is an example for us to look to and to live after, walk after, to live like Christ. He's given us everything we need in order to be able to do that. Can I tell you that in 1776, he established the United States of America because I believe that his hand was upon this great nation for what he had for the future of the church. Since 1776 and establishing the United States of America, we find the church has flourished because of this great nation. This was a nation that gave the world religious freedoms. And here in New York City, my goodness, one of the beginning, one of the, the places they came. <laughs> and we've seen some of that even today, and it brought back some of these thoughts and some of the history there. And it was God who did that. It's God who opened the doors to the world because his desire through the Abrahamic covenant that all the world, all the families of the earth would be blessed by God and his word and his truths. Wow. We can see God in all these things. And just like Isaiah, he had a glimpse of God and God revealed his, to Isaiah his glory. And then the next thing he did, he revealed to Isaiah himself. In comparison to God, Isaiah looked at himself. It'd do us all good to do that. Because every one of us here knows that we have a sin nature. And there's things that every one of us would not want other people to know about us. You would not want other people to know some of the thoughts that you've had some of the failures of your past. And you know you, as I know me. And Isaiah, Isaiah knew himself, and he writes this, then said I, after he views God, woe is me. For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. In comparison to God, every one of us, we would see ourselves as filthy rags. Our righteousness is filthy rags. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now I know what, as I look to God and I look at myself, oh, how do you see yourself? Today, many will view themselves as 
a busy man. A busy man with no time for God. You see that in New York City, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, you see the hustle and the bustle. I mean, I've just been here and just on, 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 on your transit system here and talk about hustle and bustle. <laughs> Everybody's busy. Everybody is busy. I've got this place to go. I've got to go to this place. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got all the different things. And millions of other people are doing the very same thing at the same time. And we're busy people and we're just too busy for God. Many will see themselves as being too busy and no time for God. Many will see themselves as being self-made with no need for God. I've done good. I've been successful. I've got this and I've got that and I can live in this place and I can do this. I, I'm a self-made man. I don't really need God. Mentality is, by most of the unsaved, the church and religion is a crutch for weak-minded people. It's a lie of the devil. Others might see themselves and they say, I'm an independent man with no desire to change. I am who I am and I don't want to, I'm not going to change for anybody. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to live the way I want to live. And I don't want anybody telling me that I'm wrong. I'll do what I want to do. You've not seen God. You don't know the truth. You've been fed a lie by the devil. And that's why you see yourself that way. Isaiah saw the truth about himself after he's seen God. After he saw God, then he knew himself to be a man with a sin nature. As all men have a sin nature, whether you acknowledge it or not, every man was born with a sin nature. Sin was passed down from generation to generation, linking all the way back to the very first man, Adam, who sinned. And God said, if you sin, you shall surely die. It's because of that sin nature that we will die. Paul, the great apostle Paul, said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 and 15, will not go there. I'm the chiefest of sinners. He knew God. As he knew God, then he looked at his life and he said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. The truth is, and Isaiah would know it, and Paul would know it, and we need to know it as well, that in Hebrews in chapter 9 and verse 27, it says, It is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. Do you see yourself one day dying? Do you see yourself as having some limitations? And the limitation here is you cannot live forever on your own. The matter, the truth of the matter is, you don't get to choose how long of a life you have. Young people die every day. Young couples, middle-aged, die every day. 
Who knows how much longer we have to live? Percentage-wise, in this group right here, we meet together next year, there's going to be some that's not going to be here. Because it's appointed that a man wants to die. And you have to see yourself. It's one of the things that people that not looking to God, they think they're too busy, they think they're self-made, they're independent, they don't want to focus on that which reality brings to them, and that is a time that they're going to die. And after death, there is a judgment. Isaiah saw the truth, and he realized. But he also saw that he was a man that God loved. A man that God was given an opportunity to know him and to represent him. I love there in verse 7, it says, And he laid his, this angel came from God, coal in his hand. He laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away. My sin purged. God wants to take our sins away. God wants to forgive our sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when you see yourself for who you truly are and you see God for his holiness and realize that this God loves me, look around, he created this heaven and the earth for me. I'm the crown of his creation, humanity. He loved me so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for me, to pay my sin debt so that I don't even have to pay for it. I cannot pay for it. I cannot work for it. It's a gift. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And all you have to do is to believe it and to receive it for yourself. And Isaiah said, that's what God did to Isaiah. He said, he said your sins have been taken away. Isaiah realized that he had been saved. He, if you will, his sins had been taken away. It would be comparable to you and I realizing that, yes, I believed in God and I believed in Jesus Christ. I put my faith in him. I trusted him. My sins are gone. And then he said, and I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Once he saved us, then he reveals to us his plan for our lives. But he'll not force you. He'll reveal it to you. Saying, whom shall I send? And whom will go for us? <laughs> if you're saved here tonight, can I tell you, you've got the Holy Spirit of God in you that's saying those very same things. <laughs> I've got a plan for humanity. I have a love for all the world. I have a plan for your life. Who will go for us? Who will represent me? Present yourself to represent God. It's a choice. You still have a free will. Well, I guess I'm going to lose my salvation because when I got saved, I didn't realize that God was going to ask me to serve him. 
I didn't realize that God was going to reveal to me a need for the world and my place in reaching the world with the gospel of Christ. And and I just can't do that or whatever it might be. And you might say, though, I guess I I can't do that and I'm not going to do that. So I guess I'm going to lose my salvation. No, you can't lose salvation. You can't lose what you didn't pay for. But you're going to be miserable until you realize that is the peace. That is the joy of the Lord that comes as when the born-again believer yields to the will of God for your life. And Isaiah realized God is opening a door and giving me an opportunity. This God who is so much greater than I and looking at myself as such a sinner and yet God wants to use me. God has given me an opportunity to be used by Him to accomplish something that will be eternal. And he got a big smile on his face. I can just see it. And he had joy in his heart. He had a peace of mind. And he says, here am I. You're going to let me do this? I have an opportunity to serve you, to represent you to a lost and dying world. Lord, here am I. Oh, 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 send me. <laughs> I believe that that was his attitude. I believe that was his spirit. That was his heart. That was his desire. Once it all came together, he says, here am I. Send me. You can do the same thing. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Where do you want me to go? First of all, he says, send me to my family. Represent God to them and your position of your family. <laughs> That's where it begins. Listen to me, husbands. You are to represent God to your family in the position that God has given to you. Listen to me, wives. You are to represent God. God wants you to represent Him in your home as that wife and that mother. Begins there. And all have the very same attitude. I get to represent the Lord. Lord, here am I. Thank you. Send me. Send me to my church. Because if you're a member of this church, can I tell you that God planted you here? He planted you here with a purpose in mind. He has given you talents. He has given you abilities. He's given you opportunity that will make a difference in eternity when you yield to being the church member that God wants you to be and be used in this church. And this church needs you. He's ever part of this body. You don't have too many true churches like this in New York. church needs you God wants to work through you in this church to accomplish eternal things you need to come in saying (laughs) I get this opportunity almighty God wants to use me he's planted me in New York City he's planted me in this church to do a work that's eternal 
Here am I. Send me. Send me to my coworkers. That's, that's who you're going to be around most of the time. You're working 40, 50, 60 hour weeks. Can I tell you what? There's people around you, 40 and 50, you're around them. I believe God wants to use you in that position. Represent him. Realize that they don't need you to represent another body. Just, just another lost person. Just someone else that goes along with the flow. They need to see a true light of the world. They need to see the salt of the earth. They need to see you as God has planted you on this earth in that place of employment so that you might be able to be used by God. And then lastly, send me to my world. Send me to my world. The world change has changed so many different ways and not for the better. It's darker today spiritually than it's ever been. America is darker today than it's ever been because there's too many people saying, look where we're at. We don't need God. We're self-made nation. And they don't even want to remember how God gave us the victories and the wars that we have fought. How the people look to God and through prayer and fasting and seeking the help of God that we was able to win every battle that we've ever fought. Every war, that whenever the United States has declared war, it has been God who has given us the victory in every war. Even when it didn't look like that we could win those battles. And our forefathers said, we believe in God. Let's put it on the most important thing that we have for people to see every day, our currency. Our forefathers said, we want people to realize it's in God we trust. Today, they don't want you to think that way. They want to take God off the currency. They want to take God out of the schools. They want to take God out of the government. Our world needs the light of the world. And that's you. But unless you volunteer, unless you realize the purpose that God has for your life, you'll never accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. Isaiah was that place. He saw God. He knew him to be real. He saw himself. If that's all we had, just looking at ourselves, I mean, I'm, I can't accomplish anything. But then he realized God was giving him an opportunity to represent him and to be used. And it changed everything. It changed his joy, changed his heart. Change his focus on life. And he said, <laughs> here am I. God's looking down tonight. He wants each one of us here to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this great opportunity. Here am I. Use me. Send me. I trust you'll make that decision to do just that tonight. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed.
It starts with seeing God for who he is. Do you see him? Do you know him to be the creator God that he is? Do you see yourself as God sees you? Before salvation, after salvation. And do you see your opportunities that God opens to you, makes available to you to represent him? If you can see these things, how can you help but to say, here am I, send me. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord God, for the truth of your word. Thank you for this passage in the book of Isaiah that you have for us to glean from. And Lord, just as Isaiah saw these things, I believe that you would have us to see the very same things tonight. And I pray, God, that you'd help each one of us to make the right decisions and to present ourselves to be used. Cry out and say, thank you for the opportunity. Here am I. Send me. Bless now this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.